Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey guys, I'm Monica Crowley, and this is the Monica Crowley Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me, as always, as we kick off a brand new and chaotic week in Biden's America. This is your go-to for hot liberty, a safe space for all of us thought criminals, independent thinkers, and happy warriors. Don't forget to check me out on social media. On Instagram, I am at Monica Crowley underscore. And on Twitter and True Social, I am at Monica Crowley. Also by email, I'm at Monica Crowley podcast at gmail.com. All right, we've got big shows coming up here in the days and weeks ahead. Uh, we're going to talk to Bo Duke of the Dukes of Hazard, the great actor John Schneider, who is a staunch conservative and proudly so, and he is going to join us here later in the week. You're not going to want to miss that. It's going to be a phenomenal conversation. Also, Dinesh D'Souza with his new film called Police State, about how we have descended into a police state here in America. We're going to be joined later in the month by Alveda King, Natasha Owens, the great country music star who did the huge song Trump One, which, by the way, I listened to on my iPhone as I'm walking down the streets of New York City. It's like my little secret, Trump won. I'm listening to it in my headset as I'm walking down the streets of Manhattan. Also, we're going to be joined by the great Bill O'Reilly is going to be here and so many others that we're working on. Big, big guests. So join us for all future shows and make sure you tell all of your friends, your family, your loved ones, your colleagues about the Monica Crowley podcast. All right, today we're going to talk to Todd Bensman of the Center for Immigration Studies. He's got some very hard data about what's been going on at the border in terms of the national security threat. And we are going to cover that today. I want to talk to you once again about a very specific national security threat which very few, if anybody, has been talking about except for me here on this show over the last year and a half. Regular listeners to the Monica Crowley podcast, well, you're always way ahead of the curve because I bring you the material, the data, the analysis way ahead of the curve. But I have been talking about this since day one on this podcast when I launched it in, what, March of 2022. I've been talking about this subject, but very few others have been talking about it until now. And the reason I was talking about it for the last year and a half is because it is a clear and present danger to each and every one of us. I'm talking about life and death. And nobody until now has been discussing it because it's all been Biden's doing on purpose, putting us all in grave danger. So in order to protect him for the consequences of his own policies, because that would make him look bad, nobody was discussing it until now. But we have been and we are going to continue to do that today. But first, the Monica Memo. I want to frame today's entire conversation about what we are seeing in the world and what we are going to see in the country by reminding everybody that the quote-unquote presidency that we are living through right now is an historic catastrophe on the economy, relentless inflation, sky-high gas prices, a labor crunch, a supply chain crisis. The catastrophic withdrawal from Afghanistan, which left 13 Americans dead. Iran marching toward a nuclear weapon. And now a new war in the Middle East driven by Iran, which of course has backed Hamas and backed this horrific catastrophic attack on our key ally in the Middle East. The only democratic state there, Israel, 
with thousands of people dead, wounded, and or taken hostage. Russia invaded Ukraine and is now engaged in energy extortion, driving prices way up. China is ascendant everywhere. And now, particularly after Russia's invasion of Ukraine, and now this incursion into Israel, which is Israel's 9-11, well, now the thinking is that China is getting ready to move on Taiwan. If eastern Ukraine were the appetizer, Taiwan is the main course. Wide open southern border with all of the grave problems that brings, flood the zone, crime, drugs, Operational control of the border to the cartels, cities in collapse, crime spiking, the communists on the rise, and to me, the most serious issue of them all, the weaponization of our own government against us. We are slouching toward tyranny if we're not there already. This is an existential fight for the nation. This is what President Obama, and by the way, I tweeted this yesterday, all of this is all Obama, and everybody knows it. Obama in 2007, 2008, when he was first running for president, talked about the, quote, fundamental transformation of the nation, but that can also be transferred to the fundamental transformation of the world, the globalist agenda, the one world government, the mass surveillance state, the social credit scores. All of that is driven at least here by Obama and his team. The other side has been at this a long time, decades. Donald Trump interrupted it. And he therefore poses an existential threat to them and their great reset and all of their interests because it is all built on power and control. Trump exposed all of the corruption, the deep rot, the agenda. And by actually solving America's problems and the world's problems, because yes, he delivered world peace, he made them all look bad. He exposed them for what they are. Joe Biden is just a corrupt, malleable puppet. But as we have seen, elections have consequences, and stolen elections have catastrophic consequences. What we saw in the Middle East over the weekend, um, and by the way, this happened on one of the most solemn of Jewish religious holidays, We saw Hamas backed by Iran, which is backed by Team Obama Biden. Hamas went into Israel in a a perfectly coordinated assault by land, air, and sea. This is not an attack that just some random terrorist dreamt up in the middle of the night and said, let's go in the morning. This attack was very sophisticated, very well-funded, and very well planned. They went in out of Gaza and they attacked civilians, women and children being kidnapped, raped, and murdered in Israel by these Hamas terrorists from the Gaza Strip. Hamas foot soldiers and their army infiltrated southern Israel and began killing and kidnapping regular people, civilians, not military targets, kidnapping regular Israelis from their homes, dragging them out of their cars, raping the women, slitting their throats, beheading Israeli soldiers as rockets rained down on Israel. And the death count just keeps climbing. It's over a 1,000 people, including nine Americans. I'm sure that number is going to be climbing in the days and weeks ahead. I mean, these numbers are absolutely staggering. This is the deadliest day for the Jewish people since the Holocaust. An absolute massacre. So now Israel, of course, is retaliating. And, you know, early on, you had the Office for Palestinian Affairs out of Jerusalem, out of the U.S. Embassy, posting a statement literally within hours of this attack beginning, calling for restraint on the part of the Israelis. I'll give you restraint. The Israelis certainly will not give you 
restraint. Now, they deleted that tweet, but there were a number of U.S. entities that that did that. And it took Obama mm, nearly three days to post something on Twitter. And it was all moral equivalence between the two sides. It's all so morally repugnant. But these are the people driving the policy that got us here, that got over a thousand people dead and God knows how many wounded and held captive now. And Hamas is threatening to start killing the civilians one by one. Now, the Israelis have moved in to Gaza. They have begun the ground operation. They have halted deliveries of food, water, fuel, and supplies. There are 2.3 million people living in the Gaza Strip. It is one of the most densely populated areas in the world. I was at the southernmost checkpoint on the Egyptian border. This was years ago when I was doing my radio show. And I went to the Rafah um, checkpoint and I was there with the IDF and it was incredibly fascinating. But I cannot believe how densely populated Gaza is. Keep in mind, people who vote for a certain government then need to take responsibility for the choices of that government. The people in Gaza elected Hamas as their government. They are proud of the Hamas government. So again, as it relates to people and their votes, and I say it all the time on this show with regard to people who continue to vote Democrat in these cities, and then they wonder why their cities are in collapse and why they can't walk down the street without being in fear. Well, It's a very easy explanation. There are consequences to your vote. And yet people don't seem to put the picture together. Or they don't care. They want to live in squalor. They want to live in fear. They want to live in high crime. They want to live in terrorism. Knock yourselves out. But you know what? The consequences will rain down on your heads. And this is what is happening here. I'm sorry, I have no sympathy for the people in Gaza. I don't. You elected this regime, this terrorist organization to lead the Gaza Strip, to lead you. You are proud of that. You keep installing them into power. What did you think was going to happen? Did you think just the Hamas leadership backed by Iran with billions and billions coming in from the United States, you thought Hamas was just going to sit on that money and do nothing? Well, it certainly enriches them. They all have their, you know, fine cars and Swiss bank accounts. But did you really think that they were going to sit on this money and not invest in weapons and a strategic plan to destroy Israel and kill Jews? Did you really think that? People of the Gaza Strip, come on. Now you're learning the consequences of voting in terrorists. And I don't care whether it's the German people who voted in Hitler. When you vote, sometimes you have to hit rock bottom and have a war raining down on your heads before you attach consequences to your vote. I'm sorry, but that's the way it is. I mean, all of this money coming in on September 11th of all days, Joe Biden announced that he was unfreezing $6 billion in assets to Tehran, the number one state sponsor of terror in the world. Biden and his team assured everybody that, oh, don't worry about it, because we're, we're swapping prisoners here with Tehran, and Iran knows it can only spend the money on humanitarian efforts, food and medicine for its people. Well, money is fungible, people. And they knew that the $6 billion was coming in, so they just transferred other funds to fund this. It is no coincidence that just within weeks of Biden announcing the release of $6 billion in frozen assets to Tehran on 9-11, no less, that this attack occurred. All they had to do was move the money around. That's it. They know the $6 billion is coming. They didn't have to spend the actual $6 billion. They could spend other money on this attack, and they did. 
I want you to listen to the National Security Council uh, spokesperson, John Kirby. Um, He went on Fox yesterday with Martha McCallum, and she asked him about all the people coming over the border, which is what I want to address next with you. Um, She's saying, look, we've had this wide open border. You've transferred all of this money. We have no idea where all of these known terrorists who we know have crossed in the border. How about all the people that we don't know who have crossed the border? And listen to John Kirby. This is the Biden White House. Listen to his absolutely pathetic and dangerous response. Given the fact that U.S. and Israeli intelligence did not pick up on this terrorist attack that happened in Israel, what is being done to lock down those individuals who now are somewhere in the United States? I don't have any specific uh, law enforcement actions to speak to today. Obviously, uh, we monitor threats uh, to our national security from inside and outside the country, uh, all in real time. Uh, Law enforcement uh, and intelligence community are are, are watching as closely as they can and monitoring this. Uh, I would say, look, there's going to be a time and a place for us to take a look at the intel picture and uh, what was known, what wasn't known. That's not the time now. The time now is to support Israel and make sure they have what they need. But are we more concerned about attacks along these lines by terrorists here in the United States, given that we have 151 new people in the country who snuck across the southern border? Always concerned about terrorist attacks on the American people here at home. Uh, That hasn't changed since 9-11. It's not going to change under this administration. So John Kirby and Biden White House, we know that the American people are now in grave danger. What do you what do you uh, say about that? Oh, Martha, gosh, golly, I got nothing for you. I, I, I have no I got nothing for you. Really? You got nothing on that? I want to deal with that in a second. We're going to talk to Todd Benzman about it as well, because he's got some hard numbers for us. A couple of other things here on the money. Yes, everybody is focused on the six billion in unfrozen assets going to Tehran. Have you noticed not a word from the Biden White House about refreezing that money? You can block that money right now. You could have blocked it on Saturday. And yet, crickets from the Biden team on this, crickets. They got nothing. Of course, they're going to allow that money to go forward. And I just want to throw something out here. I have no evidence of this whatsoever, but nobody has been able to explain the Obama-Biden love affair with Tehran, the number one global state sponsor of terror. What explains this? Nobody has given me an adequate explanation. Nobody really has given anybody. No, nobody's been able to explain this. Why? Well, knowing what we know about Joe Biden and the Biden crime family and all of the kickbacks they have gotten from Ukraine and China and Romania and God knows who else, are the Bidens as well as the Obamas getting massive kickbacks from the Iran nuclear deal, from transferring all of this money back to Iran that they immediately plow back into terrorism? And we're going to talk about terrorism here in a second. But I'm just throwing this out here. I have no idea. Maybe it's true. Maybe it's not true. I don't know. But we need some enterprising reporters to start kicking over some stones. Are the Obamas and the Bidens and God knows who else, are they enriching themselves at the cost of America's national security and your personal safety? Are they enriching themselves at the expense of a thousand dead Israelis? I don't know. I'm just asking questions here. But I think we need to know, given the massive kickbacks that all of official Washington has been getting from Ukraine during the course of this war, have you noticed the narrative shift too? We booted Kevin McCarthy. And by the way, the Republicans are meeting today about a new speaker. And McCarthy's like, "Mm, I may run again. What? All right, so we got to keep a close eye on that, and we will talk about that later in the week on this program. But when the Ukraine funding looked like it's going to dry up because no Kevin McCarthy, public opinion in this country is totally in reverse now in terms of support for the Ukrainians. We don't want one more penny going to this war because most people, I think, get... This is a massive money laundering operation. 
Now that the Ukraine money looks like it's drying up, oh, the military industrial complex, the establishment, the deep state, they're going to need another source of money laundering. Why not another Middle East war? I don't know if this is the case, but we need to be asking these hard questions. The Times of Israel, the Times of Israel, the Associated Press, and Al Jazeera are reporting that Egypt, Egyptian intelligence, which does have a reputation for being quite good, Egyptian intelligence warned Israel of a major attack coming from Gaza, probably from that checkpoint, the Rafah checkpoint that I was at so many years ago, but that Israeli officials ignored it. Quote, Egypt cautioned about the situation's escalation, but unfortunately, these warnings were disregarded by Israel. They were allegedly told 10 days before the attack happened. Again, I don't know. This is all the fog of war, and we don't know what's true and what's not true. But there are a lot of unanswered questions here. Israel and the United States work very closely in terms of intelligence sharing, sharing warnings, etc. And you're telling me the U.S. and Israeli intel agencies all missed this? Thousands of analysts, trillions of dollars in intel budgets since 9-11, ignoring the warnings? Were there warnings of something big? I don't know. Justify, allow something like this to happen, as evil a concept as that is. Guys, we now know what the deep state is capable of. So I don't put anything past anybody. And all of these countries have a deep state. All of them. Before we get into the border here, because that's the national security threat we need to worry about, um, one final thing on the money, $6 billion, of course, and you know what? It's much, much more than that because over the Obama years and even now over the catastrophic Biden years, there were billions released to Iran, billions. There's another piece of this. Obama, when he was on his way out the door and Donald Trump was coming in, Trump had made it very clear that he was going to stop all money being released to the Palestinian Authority. So what did Barack Obama do? Literally within hours of leaving the presidency and turning the keys over to Donald Trump, Obama released $221 million to the Palestinian Authority defying Republican members of Congress who had been blocking the funding. They knew Trump was going to come in and block the funding, and they did him a solid. They were blocking the funding as well. A report by the AP cites a State Department official and several congressional aides as saying that Congress was formally notified by the outgoing Obama administration of the decision to spend the money on the morning of Friday, January 20th, 2017, the day Donald Trump was sworn in. So there's been billions of dollars sloshing around Hamas, Hezbollah, Iran, the the world's worst terrorist states and, and organizations and terrorist groups, courtesy of Obama and Biden. And again, I ask, are they getting kickbacks from this? I do not know. Another point about this before we get into the border stuff. There are a couple of big scandals swirling around Iranian infiltration of the U.S. Defense Department and the State Department under Joe Biden. Are we infiltrated by Iran? Yes, in fact, we are. Listen to this. Robert Malley was appointed by Joe Biden to be the U.S. envoy to Iran to resurrect the horrendous nuclear deal, right? So this guy, Robert Malley, was hired by Biden to be U.S. envoy to Tehran after having been the lead negotiator under Obama for the Iran deal. He has now been suspended without pay. And the FBI has an ongoing open investigation into him for allegedly mishandling classified information. 
Well, since he only dealt with Iran, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out what country was involved in perhaps a mishandling of classified information. And there is another one here, Ariane Tabatabatai, uh, Chief of Staff to Assistant Secretary of Defense for Special Ops, Christopher Meyer, is a longtime member of the Iran Experts Initiative, which is a front group consisting of academics and others who assist the U.S. government in dealing with Iran. Email communications between her and various officials in the Iranian government show that she has been taking directions from Tehran and reporting on matters learned in her capacity at the Defense Department. Mayor's responsibilities on DOD's website are described as, quote, all special operations, irregular warfare, counterterrorism, and information operations policy issues on behalf of the Secretary. Guys, these are two huge stories now, given the events of, you know, the last couple of days in the Middle East. Part of the Robert Malley hiring is the fact that he has known the Secretary of State, Antony Blinken, since high school. They are longtime friends. Guys, you know, we've all been focused on Russia and Ukraine when we should be focused on China and Iran. The Biden administration is compromised by foreign spies, and they all know it. And maybe that's why they were hired. Again, I raise the kickback question. Final big point here. We have been talking a lot on this show, as I mentioned, about the national security threat of the wide open border. And I'm happy to see that so many people are now, they've joined the chorus here. But I've been on this show talking about this for well over a year and a half. The wide open border the, the official number, six to eight million illegals, we are way over that. That is a lowball estimate. Another estimate, 100,000 fighting age men just in the past year. Again, it's much more. This is a lowball estimate. Where are these people coming from? We don't know, except we do have some idea. Muslim-majority countries uh, in the Middle East, Africa, and elsewhere a ton from Syria, a lot of Iranians, but we have known members of Hamas, Hezbollah, ISIS, Al-Qaeda. We've got Chinese nationals coming across the border, and the Mexican drug cartels are hosting them all at the border because they control the border. I've been saying this on the show. You guys know this. Terrorism is... What One of my premier worries, and the wide-open southern border is frankly the only border we should all care about. Yes, what is going on in Israel is absolutely horrendous, and our hearts break for the victims and their families. What is going on in Ukraine is a tragedy. But guys, these are, these are fights happening a long way away. Now, the terrorism issue is already here, so it is our issue. But it's our border that needs the attention. It's our border that has been wide open with all of these threats that have come through in the last three years. And now the military-industrial complex is setting us up to get ensnared in yet another protracted ground war in the Middle East. All of our resources are tied up in Ukraine. And by the way, all of these terrorists, Hamas, Hezbollah, the Iranians, And billions of dollars in equipment meant for Ukraine have gotten redirected as well, ended up in the hands of Iran, which ultimately transfers those weapons to Hamas and Hezbollah to attack Israel, kill Jews, and bring across the border. And now, of course, you've got Congress. There's this $24 billion supplemental in military aid for Ukraine and Israel. They're trying to combine the the two. Right, in order to jam it through, because right now nobody's going to vote against military aid for Israel, right? So now they're piling in additional Ukraine aid as well into the same bill, trying to ram it through. This is what our leaders are doing while there is a wide open border with terrorists streaming across now for three years. I have been warning about a potential terror attack. You guys know it. I have been sounding the alarm when nobody else was. 
we are going to get hit. There are terror cells everywhere in this country, everywhere, and they're just waiting for the green light to move. It is inevitable. What happened in Israel is an opening act. Everything you see coming from our own government, from these acts around the world, they are messaging events to us. I pray for you. I pray for me. I pray for all of our families. I pray for our country because we are going to get hit definitely over the next 13 months until the presidential election and beyond. This is the the Islamic Jihad. And Biden and his team have welcomed them in with open arms. This is the modern-day Trojan horse. We talk about a terror attack of the kind we saw in 9-11. It's going to be worse. And by the way, we're already under attack. This is what this invasion is. The invasion is the attack. This is what the flood of fentanyl via China and the drug cartels is. But we're going to get additional attacks that may be nuclear, may be chemical, which is what the fentanyl attack is, may be biological, which is what COVID was. We are already under attack, but it's going to get worse because Biden and his team allowed the Trojan horse in. When we come back, we're going to talk to Todd Bensman, who is all over the border, uh, with some hard facts about the reality that we face. Sit tight. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Well, I'm absolutely delighted to welcome back to the show Todd Benzman to talk about what uh, we've been talking about all show today. And frankly, what we've been talking about for a long time on this program and beyond, which is the national security threat posed by the Biden wide open border. Todd is the Center for Immigration Studies, a senior national security fellow. He is also the author of Overrun how Joe Biden unleashed the greatest border crisis in U.S. history and America's covert border war, the untold story of the nation's battle to prevent jihadist infiltration. Before joining CIS in August of 2018, Todd led Homeland Security Intelligence efforts for nine years, and he joins us now. Todd, welcome back. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Well, of course. And everybody, by the way, should be following you on Twitter. Uh, You're putting out some great stuff that everybody needs to see and hear. It's at Benzman, B-E-N-S-M-A-N, Todd, Benzman, Todd on Twitter and his website, toddbensman.com. All right, Todd, we've been talking a lot about the national security implications of this wide open border. Can you talk to us about some hard data over the last three years since Joe Biden has become president? You know, in the four years that Donald Trump was president, there were only 11 known terrorist suspects, people who are on the terrorist watch list who are apprehended at the border, 11 in four years. How many have we seen that we know about in the years since Biden has been president? Right. It looks to be about 250 uh, apprehensions of known or suspected terrorists at that border in the last 36 months. Uh, that, of course, is just beyond, uh, you know, all known bounds for that category of immigrant. Uh, the government only in April of last year started publishing those numbers on the CBP.gov website of statistics. So it is a monthly number. It is an official number. That's how we uh, are able to keep track of it. But it's also... Uh, not a very illuminating number because we don't know the types of terrorist organizations or the nationalities 
I will tell you that the Center for Immigration Studies has a current FOIA request in for that data. Uh, we we do plan to sue over it when they turn us down, and we do plan to one day get that to the American uh, people. But I will say that uh, sources who are familiar with, with those uh, numbers tell me that probably about on the order of uh, 60% of them are Islamist terrorists, people that are coming from you know, either uh, Sunni areas or Shia areas in the Middle East, you know, Iran, Hezbollah, Lebanon uh, for the Shia, Syria, and uh, Sunni for everywhere else. And that the a, a good chunk of those are probably going to be uh, people from FARC, the Colombian uh, designated terrorist organization, who are very well known for slaughtering, bombing, killing, maiming, kidnapping, attacking uh, in, in, in Latin America for many, many years. Uh, terrible people of the FARC coming over that border as well, but they're not all Islamists. So we've got, I mean, there are millions of bad guys who have come in. So the, the official numbers here are anywhere from six to eight million over the last three years since Biden came in and opened up the border. Again, probably a lowball estimate, and the numbers are probably much higher. But among those millions, you know, the way the press and the left always couch this in the Biden administration, these are refugees. These are people looking for a better life. These are families. These are mothers with babies, and they just want to work and do the jobs that Americans won't do. This is all patently false. This is outrageous propaganda and nonsense. And mixed in to all of these millions are dire national security threats. So yes, you are correct, Todd, when you say that it's not just Islamic terrorists, but we're focused on that now because of what we saw in Israel and what we experienced on 9-11, that the Islamists, when they go for it, when they attack, they attack in the most kind of spectacularly horrific kinds of ways. They like to put on a show. They like to kill as many people as possible with a well-thought-out, strategically planned and well-funded attack. So the fact that we have God knows how many Islamic terrorists who have come across the border is a very serious issue for the United States, is it not? Right. Well, you know, liberals will say things like, well, at least we caught those 250. Uh, They're apprehended. So it shows that, you know, we're really good. They're not getting in. But Uh, What they're not saying is that we've had uh, probably close to 2 million illegal immigrants cross the border and completely get away into the interior without being detected or apprehended. Uh, That number, that 2 million number, is absolutely the the largest uh, number in U.S. history. Uh, really incredible numbers just pouring through and getting right through into the interior. Uh, and that's the national security threat there because uh, we have no idea. We caught maybe 250 on the terror watch list, but, you know, who knows how many got through. I mean, I bet paychecks that plenty got through. Uh, that is a national security threat uh, on its face. There's like, I, I don't know who could possibly uh, ignore that uh, threat, except um, I can tell you this. Uh, last month, I was invited to testify before the House Judiciary Committee, a subcommittee of that, about terrorist travel over the southern border. And um, whenever it came time for me to testify, the whole half of the Democratic room on the Democratic side uh, pushed away from from the dais and we're studying their Facebook and uh, TikTok, and we're ignoring those of us who are speaking about this issue. And I, I pray that nothing like what you've described happens from uh, those coming over the border. But if it does, uh, that's going to be one of the reasons why, because half of our leadership and lawmakers will not take this seriously. 
uh, maybe like the Israelis didn't take hang gliders seriously. They've never used hang gliders before. So, uh, you know, they, they never will. Okay, it's beyond the uh, uh, realm of imagination, except that border infiltration is not. I've written an entire book about this called America's Covert Border War. And in it, I detail case after case after case of real terrorists that crossed that border, got caught, they had plots, they were thwarted and deported. And those were done by uh, virtue of counterterrorism programs that are now totally collapsed, that are completely unviable now because of this mass migration crisis, which is what I testified to uh, last month to Congress. It's just, you know, before I introduced you, Todd, I was talking about how this is just an epic and catastrophic Trojan horse. And we have invited the enemy in by the hundreds of thousands, by the millions. Uh, the enemy is is within. And I, I, you know, I fear the worst. We were not paying attention prior to 9-11. Our focus was on other things. But post 9-11, there is no excuse for not staying on top of this kind of Islamic terror threat here to the homeland. We developed an entire new department called the Department of Homeland Security on top of having hundreds of billions going into our intel agencies. What are they doing? I mean, they're, like you said, they're filing their nails while you're trying to raise the alarm uh, with the facts and the data. And I just, I, I hope that I'm wrong, but I think that a terror attack is inevitable and probably sooner rather than later. I think what happened in Israel is just uh, the the prelude to what is going to go on here. Uh, you know, for the Islamists, Israel is the little Satan. The U.S. is the great Satan. So, of course, they're going to target us again. And again, I hope I pray that I am wrong. But we have allowed this to happen. And if and when it does occur, the blood will be on the hands of Joe Biden and his entire administration. My the Secretary of Homeland Security, all of them for not focusing on this threat. And not only that, but allowing the threat in. Well, we we definitely have seen and been reminded again just how imaginative, tactically and resourceful these groups can be. Yes, Uh, there there is there is. This idea out there that, you know, they would never cross the border. There's all these other ways. They, they just It's just dismissed. Uh, but I will tell you this, um, by uh, to illustrate and support one of your comments, which is that, you know, they're kind of asleep at the wheel here at, in the post-9-11 era. There is a Muslim-only migrant shelter that went up in April of 2022 in Tijuana, within sight of the wall on the Tijuana side uh, that I uh, went to visit. I visited this Muslims only migrant shelter in Tijuana in November of 2022 to investigate it from a national security perspective. I met Chechens, Uzbekistanis, Tajikistanis. Uh, There were Afghans going through there. There were uh, Somalis and Syrians and people from all over the Muslim world uh, arriving in Mexico, making their way to this facility, uh, which then would help them get across the border, either through CBP-1 or, you know, however they wanted to go across illegally. And by the time I got around to uh, talking to the director of this shelter, a, a woman who is a Muslim convert, uh, you know, she was very cooperative with me and told, I asked, you know, have you ever been contacted by U.S. intelligence or law enforcement about any of the people coming through here? And she said, never, not once. And I said, well, what about the Mexicans uh, intel? And she said, no, they're not interested at all. Uh, we have to call them when we find a problematic uh, jihadist in our midst. And we have done that several times. Uh, Then they'll do it, but they're not taking proactive. They're not being proactive either side. Uh, And what that tells me is it just confirms that America's covert border war, these programs 
that I reveal in my book by that name are completely unviable. They're not doing the programs anymore that kept us safe. Uh, just a few years ago, U.S. intelligence would have been all over a place like this, mm -hmm. where there's a concentration of what they call special interest aliens. That mosque migrant shelter is still in full bore operation right now. And I have no idea if we've paid any attention to it at all. I'm told not. Unbelievable. It's just unbelievable. And when the inevitable, and again, God forbid, and I hope and pray that I'm wrong, but when the inevitable happens and there is a catastrophic attack in this country that will make 9-11 look like child's play, everybody is going to run around wringing their hands. How could this have happened? CNN's going to have the crying mothers and spouses on TV. It is. You can see the train coming down the track and nobody in our quote unquote government, Todd, is lifting one finger to stop it. In fact, the contrary, that they're encouraging this by keeping the border open and inviting all of these people in. Right. And there there are good there are some good uh, reporters who report for conservative media outlets who are on the ground right now filming Syrians crossing large numbers of Syrians, large numbers of Egyptians, Sudanese, people from uh, Lebanon and Iraq, uh, Bangladesh, from all over the Muslim world that are crossing in very significant numbers. I've met them myself, Mauritanians, Senegalese. Uh, most recently, I met uh, my first Dagestanis, which is a uh, Muslim-majority country and former Soviet Republic. Uh, my hotel in um, Matamoros was filled every room with Kyrgyzstanis, uh, also a Muslim-majority uh, nation with terrorist organizations that operate, Uzbekistanis. I mean, the whole world is marching into the country right now. And, and uh, we are, I just want to point out, that we, we don't vet them. We can't vet them. We can't possibly vet an Afghan migrant because we can't call the Taliban and ask them for an intel share. It doesn't work like that or the Syrians or any of those countries I just mentioned. So we've been focused on the Islamic terror national security threat, uh, Todd, but there are other threats coming across the border. Of course, we've got the cartels with operational control over our own border, and they're hosting all of these people there. Um, but talk to us, if you will, about... Uh, the threat posed by the Chinese nationals coming across the border, tens of thousands of Chinese nationals. Um, what, give us some hard numbers on that, what we know uh, about the Chinese coming across the border. Well, my understanding is that we're, we're pushing more than 25,000 Chinese nationals uh, reaching our border since October in, in the last year. Uh, we know from federal prosecutions in recent years that the Chinese government, the, uh, the PLA, has infiltrated through, through lawful legal uh, visa means, spies into our, um, our uh, most important research institutions, MIT, UCLA, uh, lots of prosecutions that show us that of uh, this this interest by the uh, Chinese government to infiltrate and steal our our um, research, our cutting edge uh, military research, and exfiltrate it all out. And I, I don't think it takes a whole lot of imagination to uh, regard this population that are being that are coming over the border as very likely uh, hiding or masking. PLA operatives as well, spies coming in through the southern border. I think in the coming years, we probably will see that. Uh, a lot of them are uh, military-aged men, single, uh, and women. Uh, and, you know, women are in China uh, are also, you know, members of the PLA and have been caught, uh, you know, you know, conducting influence operations and spying operations, even on Capitol Hill with this Eric Swalwell guy, for example. 
And so, what about the late Diane Feinstein having a Chinese driver for 20 years? Uh, yeah. I, and so, you know, I just, I think that, that the, the poorest Southern border is, you know, exposing the country unnecessarily. I, I don't want to say porous. It's not porous. It's, it's just open. They opened all spigots. It's just an open border. Let's just call it, call it what it is. Everybody who gets to our border in one way or another gets in. That's why they're coming. That's why they're coming in such vast numbers. It's impossible for Border Patrol or CBP to do much more than maybe run their names through a database that they're given or maybe their fingerprints or something like that. But you can't get a hit when you're running them against blank databases that have nothing in them or that, you know, you can't, you can't reflect uh, off of a, off of a, um, an empty, you know, a, a mirror that doesn't exist, you know? So, you know, there's no vetting coming in and we mentioned spies and terrorists, but a lot of people don't realize that we are also having immigrants coming in from every nation on the continent of Africa. I've met them all. And uh, a lot of those countries are absolutely riven by tribal, tribe on tribe atrocities, terrible, horrendous atrocities right out of like the worst Halloween horror movie. Uh, And those people that are coming from those countries are not all victims of that. There are going to be perpetrators who are among them who are going to slide right into the country and take refuge from international justice. And that is just ethically and morally a wrong that is not in the U.S. national interest. And I think we have to just keep in mind that it's also uh, African immigrants that are being brought in from Liberia and Sierra Leone and Cameroon and Congo and all of those places where just horrendous things are happening and we don't know who they are. You know, the two points on that. First, um, a lot of the Hamas terrorists that we've seen in the footage coming out of Israel, um, these terrorists do not look traditionally Arab. They look like they've come from some of these places in Africa. And a lot of these places are Muslim-majority countries that you're talking about. The second much bigger point is that the people who are coming into this country have no investment in America. They don't, they they aren't familiar with our constitution and our values and our culture, nor do they care. And in many cases, not only do they not care, but they are literally at war with those things. Am I right? Yes, uh, you're right. There are going to be people like that. I mean, I, I, I personally believe, because I spent a lot of time with them, I think that the majority are regular economic migrants. You know, they're coming to earn money for as long as they can before we kick them out, or, you know, most of them are here permanently. They're never going to go. Uh, but this is the ultimate stranger danger, because I'll go down there to the border and I can, on the Mexican side, can fill a shopping bag filled with discarded IDs and passports, the final thing that they did before they crossed in to hide their identity or mask their identity and where they've been for the last five years. Uh, it is the ultimate stranger danger. I mean, you, we, we have just huge numbers of people coming in where we don't really even know their names. It's just unbelievable. Um, before we let you go, final thoughts here on where we go from here. We saw last week, I guess it was, you know, that the there were people in the Biden administration talking about perhaps resurrecting parts of the border wall and we've got to gain control over this because you've got Democrats now in blue areas like Governor Kathy Hochul in New York, uh, Gavin Newsom in California, there are and and the Illinois Governor Pritzker, they're all talking about we can't absorb anymore. We they're trying to lean on Washington to stop the inflow. They didn't care at all about the border states and border communities when it was just restricted to those locations. But now that they've got to deal with it, they're putting pressure on the administration. So we saw like Mayorkas come out and say, yeah, we're going to do that. And then they deleted it. They walked it back and they're saying no policy has not changed. 
Where do you think we go from here? Does this just continue until January of 2025 when there is hopefully a new president? Well, I, I'm i going to tell you something that, that really just usually pisses people off, but I'm just going to say it. It's what I think. I think that America, the America that doesn't like this is going to have to uh, roll up into a fetal position and just take it, take the beating for the next year or so uh, until the election. If a Republican uh, gets in, this can be ended in about 24 hours. But for the next year, it looks like this administration is going to keep those spigots on wide open. And uh, I, I want to just tell you something about the September numbers, if I can. Cause sure. This is important. The, the, those September numbers, I don't believe that they should be released any minute or any day now. But they're going to show the largest number of illegal crossings in American history. And that's saying a lot because we have broken that record about 20 times in the last three years. It's just the latest record-breaking number, two, 280,000, I'm being told. We'll see if that if that's confirmed but that's just the ones that are coming between the ports of entry that Border Patrol get, gets. Yes. But the, the, this administration has opened up what they call lawful pathways, which is to say that they are bringing them in uh, using a, a cell phone interface app called CBP-1. They're bringing them in by the tens of thousands a month on the land bridges, too. Uh, you can't see this. You don't see this. Uh, and they're also flying them from foreign countries. Not They're not flying them. They're authorizing the travel uh, from foreign countries directly into 43 American airports. I just got the records through a FOIA lawsuit for the Center for Immigration Studies. In the last year, they brought in 221,000 that way, airport to airport. Uh, 43 different U.S. airports. I, I can't get the names. They're still withholding the names of those airports. That, in addition to the runners and gotaways, means, uh, by my calculations, that September, the real number that got in by September, if you count the gotaways, may very well be pushing close to 400,000 in a single month. Oh, my God. October is going to be way worse from judging from what we were seeing on the border right now, the numbers that are coming through 14,000 a day, 12,000 a day. Um, you know, I, I can envision 500,000 a month all the way through for another year. That's going to be, if, if it stays at those levels, uh, there will be millions more people coming through in just the last year of the, of the Biden term. I'm not being hyperbolic here. I'm, I'm telling you that we have a good bead on those CBP-1 interface numbers where they're bringing them in by aircraft or letting them uh, fly in by aircraft and bringing them in over the bridges in addition to the ones that are crossing between the ports and getting caught. It's got to be close to 400,000 for September, and it's going to be way more in October and they love it. They like it. They want it to keep going. The more, the most possible that they can get into the country in the next year, the better from their point of view. Yes, this is all intentional. And it's being done for a whole variety of political reasons. But the American people are the ones who are bearing the brunt of this. And everything from the national security threats, literally life and death, to the economic consequences, to the cultural consequences. This is uh, beyond dangerous. This is beyond uh, appalling. This is the loss of our country by our leadership in a deliberate manner. And it is so evil. Evil really is the only word to describe all of this. Todd, I want to thank you so much for your time today. You have been on top of this for many years. Todd Bensman, he is at the Center for Immigration Studies. He is a senior national security fellow there. He's also the author of two books, one called Overrun, How Joe Biden Unleashed the Greatest Border Crisis in U.S. History, and the second one, America's Covert Border War, 
the untold story of the nation's battle to prevent jihadist infiltration. All of these things front and center, especially now. But those numbers that you just laid out, Todd, nearly half a million in the month of September with more to come this month and beyond. It is so unsustainable which, again, is the point. It's about overwhelming all of our systems in order to destroy the systems and the country. This is what we're witnessing. Yeah, go ahead. Final thought? I mean, I'll leave you with my final thought is that those northern cities ain't seen nothing yet. They have seen nothing yet. This is just beginning. And those guys up there are not complaining about the right things. They're they're asking for mops to clean up the flood, not that somebody go outside, honey, and turn the spigot off to the house. Amen. I, I mean, you, you're just completely on point, and that's why I wanted to have you here. Todd, thank you. Thank you for your time, your expertise, and for continuing this fight. Thank you for having me. All right, guys, that's going to do it for me today. Thank you so much for being here on a very important day with a very important show. Appreciate you guys. As always, I will see you right back here on Thursday. We're going to break apart the speaker's race. Also, continuing to watch what is going down in the Middle East and this push by the military-industrial complex, the deep state, the establishment, the globalists, for us to enter World War III. Uh, They do not have your best interests at heart. They do not have your security and safety at heart. And we are the ones who stay on top of them and expose them. Appreciate you guys. Have a good, safe balance of your week. And I'll see you right back here on Thursday. This episode of the Monica Crowley podcast was produced by Behakel Entertainment, LLC. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.